Welcome to the Lab Rats Podcast. You are now entering the maze. So I got this uh, new sports drink. It's this organic Halo Sport, H-A-L-O. Have you ever seen Halo. this? No. I'm surprised we didn't... It looks like a like a Gatorade. Yeah, it's like a Gatorade alternative. I'm surprised we didn't stumble upon it when we were doing our sports drink episode. Yeah. Um, which, if you haven't listened to that, go check it out. Like, I think that, that one was actually pretty interesting, just looking at, like, what's actually in sports drinks. But so, typically, they're riddled with sugar and... I mean, sugar's the biggest thing. And then, really, they're not... Uh, super rich in vitamins or electrolytes. So this is only this bottle, I think it's 16 ounces, is only 10 calories, only two grams of sugar. And the the main ingredient is reverse osmosis water. You know about Mm. this? Yeah. Yep. So it's like a filtering mechanism. It's a it's a type of filter where pretty much everything is filtered out. So just like the purest water you can like it's the purest type of water filter you can have yeah it's basically pure h2o so when even when you have like a sink filter you know it filters out a lot of stuff but sometimes some metals can get through and um and just the whole kinds of stuff that it picks up along the way that the filter doesn't um pick up reverse osmosis is yeah it's like the the grandfather of all uh filters i guess you could say so it actually has a weird mouth feel like it t- it feels different Hmm. Like, do you think that's do you think that's the water? Or do you think that like what other ingredients are in it in addition? to I the mean, water? it's just like organic lemon juice, um, some ionic trace minerals. I don't know what that is. Potassium. There is some organic natural flavors, which I guess that's better than natural flavors. But and then some vitamin A, C, and E, magnesium. Um, so what's it sweetened with? It's sweetened with uh, stevia, mm, which I okay. know a lot of people don't like stevia. I don't mind it yeah but it's good it's like really refreshing definitely a better alternative than gatorade or powerade or body armor yeah i'll try it you can't i'm assuming they don't like sell it in stores you have to order online yeah i got it online and okay it's it's expensive but birthday treat yeah i'm just drinking some uh some cold brew tea oh nice is that you normally do that no i just first time actually trying this does it have caffeine it's got caffeine and sugar (laughs) not too much sugar it has a little bit of added sugar and then only like 25 megs of caffeine do you metabolize caffeine pretty quickly i yeah i do like drinking tea before bed like non-herbal teas if i drink like a black tea or a, a green tea before bed i can still sleep fine so small amounts don't don't okay affect my sleep too much yeah i need to figure out i mean i just don't risk it typically this stuff doesn't have any caffeine in it thankfully okay yeah i was i was looking for a cbd infused drink in uh yeah in uh honor of this episode because i know that's like becoming common like they infuse or add cbd to drinks i think kill cliff has a cbd version now of theirs yeah that's it's expensive though because i wanted to buy some yeah i'm pretty sure it's like five or six bucks per can jeez and i just couldn't bring myself to ordering like a 
you know, six pack or something. I just want to try it, but it's yeah expensive. Yeah, I wonder how it tastes because like obviously we've tried the CBD oil and that's as a strong taste. So I don't know yeah, it's how they're able to mix it into a drink without having that kind of gross taste to it. Yeah. Yeah. They're adding it to everything now, like CBD crackers and, you know, CBD candies. I mean, you pretty much yeah. find CBD in everything. It's, it's kind of gotten out of hand. It's just like a buzzword now, a buzz, like a buzzword for your product. If you just put CBD on the label. Yeah. People will buy it. Yeah. Most of the time it's a marketing gimmick and we'll, we'll talk about what to look for in CBD products. But yeah, I guess before we get down into um, the nitty gritty of like the studies and like whether or not this is all worth the hype, um, I want to talk a little bit about just kind of an overview of CBD, hemp, marijuana. What's the difference between all these things? So, I mean, the cannabis plant has been around and used medicinally for thousands of years and two of the main species of the cannabis plant or two of the popular species are hemp and marijuana which i think most people have heard of so the compounds within these plants that get everybody so excited is the cannabinoids and there are two main ones that you've probably heard of one is tetrahydrocannabinol I think I got that, uh, which is THC. That's the psychoactive substance in uh, the marijuana plant. Marijuana typically has a higher percentage of THC. And then there's cannabidiol, which is CBD. And that's the non-psychoactive substance um, primarily found in the hemp plant, but it can also be extracted from the marijuana plant as well. And this has uh, lower levels of THC. So today we're going to be talking about primarily the non-psychoactive plant hemp and then the compound contained within that plant cbd we're not going to touch too much on marijuana we will touch a little bit on thc because a lot of the studies that we look at do typically a combo of cbd and thc but thc currently is not legal in the united states above 0.3 percent so we're kind of limited in our ability to actually use that as a supplement anyway. So to summarize there of the cannabis, like plant group, there are, there's the hemp plant, then there's the marijuana plant. The marijuana plant is what's, what's makes marijuana, what's smoked and it's high in THC, but also contains CBD. But then the hemp plant is what we know of as basically used for CBD oils and CBD products. Cause it has CBD and THC, but the THC content is just, pretty minimal right right yeah yeah good way to sum it up so like the reason this has been used medicinally is because of something in our body called the endocannabinoid system this was discovered in the 1990s so still like relatively early in our understanding of this system uh, all humans have it actually it's thought that all mammalian species have it and it's basically a cell signaling system within our bodies that consists of receptors and neurotransmitters within our central nervous system and brain. So let me simplify that as much as possible. At a basic level, cells have to communicate. They do this by transmitting molecules to one another via receptors. Cells then receive the incoming message, interpret via the DNA, um, which determines the body's necessary response. 
Um, so it's basically a communication system between um, cells in the body. And it has a big influence on our core body functions like sleep, mood, digestion, cardiac regulation, immune system, inflammatory response. So many vital functions of our bodies. And uh, this system, the endocannabinoid system, helps make sure that all these things are working together to keep us alive. So the endocannabinoid system, it, it's going to consist of the endocannabinoids, receptors, and enzymes. So the endocannabinoids are actually cannabinoids that are produced by the body. We talked about earlier cannabinoids that are found in a plant, THC and CBD. Those are exogenous ca cannabinoids. We don't produce them internally, but there are cannabinoids that we do produce inside. Two main ones being anandamide, which I'm just going to shorten to AEA. This is often referred to as the bliss molecule because it plays a role in mood regulation. And there's another one uh, that is pretty prevalent. I'm not going to try to pronounce it. It's just shortened to 2-AG. And that also plays a role in mood, inflammation, uh, immunity, and neurological function. Okay, so those are the two main cannabinoids that we, we our bodies produce. And then there are cannabinoid receptors that receive uh, these molecules, CB1 and CB2 receptors. And then there's the enzymes that break down the endocannabinoids after the message has been delivered. So in summary, these endocannabinoid molecules attach to CB1 and CB2 receptors. That influences the body's response to those molecules until they're broken down by a variety of, of enzymes. And so the whole point of that is because the way the the way we get an effect from these external or exogenous cannabinoids are the way that they interact with this endocannabinoid system. So THC binds very well with the CB1 receptor. And that's what is thought to result in this psychoactive euphoric effect, that high feeling. So CBD, on the other hand, unlike THC, is does not interact very well with uh, the CB1 and CB2 receptors. Instead, it's thought to prevent the breakdown of those endocannabinoids I just mentioned, AEA and 2-AG. So for example, AEA, the bliss molecule, binds to CB1 and CB2 receptors. This has a big impact on our mood, our appetite, pain management, inflammation. Um, they actually have discovered that, I mean, there's been studies on this, that very high levels of AEA are important for mood enhancement and actually fear reduction. Uh, they've, they showed this in mice and humans. The problem is AEA gets broken down very quickly. When we become more stressed, our bodies produce a higher amount of this enzyme, FAAH, and that breaks down AEA. So CBD prevents the breakdown of AEA, thereby prolonging the positive effect on mood, pain, and neurological enhancements. So it basically kind of supercharges the endocannabinoid system. So these endocannabinoids can basically live on without being broken down by enzymes. That's how CBD is thought to have all these effects that we're going to talk about. But again, still being researched, uh, like with everything that we talk about, but that's how it is thought to work today. So these plants uh, that, you know, contain CBD and THC um, kind of allow us to 
manipulate the endocannabinoid system and resulting in all these claimed benefits that you've probably heard from CBD like inflammation, pain management, stress and anxiety, sleep, cancer. So we're going to run through those and, and see where research is at on each of these things. Um, which ones did you look at, Aaron? So I took a look at sleep and cancer, how just the early evidence of how CBD impacts those two. So I can start off with um, with sleep. Now, before we get started here, a lot of the studies I found not only contained CBD, but also THC. Is that something that was mm -hmm. common among kind of the research you found too? Yeah. And I looked at a lot of studies and it was hard to find CBD only studies. Yes. Um, so the goal of this episode is to focus on CBD specifically because most of the CBD products out there don't have a high amount of THC in them because in many states it's still illegal. So we did look at studies with both T CBD and THC, but we tried to focus on the studies that had only CBD in them. So we'll kind of give that as a disclaimer before we go into the study. Um, for sleep specifically, CBD has been thought to assist in sleep. And a disclaimer about this topic specifically, one thing that was tested in combination with sleep fairly often was an anxiety. So mm. it's kind of hard to pinpoint specifically its effect on sleep because a lot of it tested sleep and anxiety together. But yeah, the CBD could be impacting anxiety positively or pain positively, and therefore you're going to sleep better as opposed to exactly. a direct impact on sleep. Right. So that, and that's kind of what I found sleep kind of seems to be an, an indirect impact of CBD. So I'll just go into the, I have two studies here I'm going to mention specifically, but the first one was looking at anxiety and sleep together. And it was 72 adults and they were given capsules. So CBD capsules of 25 milligrams. And they did, did this for three months and they did check-ins after each month. So after the first month were the most promising results and 80% of the 72 adults claimed to have improved anxiety and 67% of the adults claimed to have improved sleep. However, the anxiety, the improvement there, that 80% who said they had improved anxiety, that was a pretty consistent improvement over the course of the month. Mm. With sleep, the 60% or the 67% who said they had improved sleep, that was kind of up and down. So there was a very, there was a lot of variance day to day with the improved sleep. It wasn't this constant increase in sleep. And then the two months after, it was also kind of up and down. There weren't really clear results there. The best results were after one month and then the month two and month three check-in, the results kind of, they were going in a better direction, but it was kind of up and down still. Mm. So, and the, the question also comes into play is, okay, did they only sleep better because they were less anxious? And it's, it's hard to answer that question. I would, right. I would assume that would be the case that less anxiety factors significantly into better sleep. Yeah. But we don't know that yeah. for sure at this point. Well, and yeah, it's interesting that the sleep fluctuated over time. A lot of the studies that I looked at in terms of pain management, 
a lot of these are testing. A lot of these studies are testing for an acute response, like short term. Okay. There hasn't been a ton of research on what does this look like if you take CBD for five years. Yeah, yeah, we probably won't know that for quite a while, just because it is so new and the studies are so early, uh, so small on CBD alone. So yeah, we don't really know the long term effects of this. Mm-hmm. Um. Second study here I'll talk about briefly is, uh, so the, this la- the first study I mentioned, they're taking 25 milligrams of CBD. Oh, wait, before I back up, um, or before we move on, did did they notice any kind of negative side effects from any dosages? No. Um, there were, they said three, so 72 adults, I think three participants, they didn't go into detail, but had to stop. They had, they reacted poorly to it. They didn't mention what specifically, but uh, yes, three of the 72 adults reacted poorly. There were a couple um, in that I noticed. Nothing that was, seemed harmful, but right. there were a few people that had to drop out because they got nauseated from the CBD. Yeah, which, that seemed to me yeah. the most common was nausea, most common p- bad side effect from this. But we'll get into negative side effects yeah. and dangers um, later on here. But the second sleep study I looked at was they had different groups of people. It was actually 15 insomniacs volunteers. So they clinically had sleep issues and they were given doses of CBD in 40 milligrams, 80, 160. And then they also compared it to another drug called nitrazepam. They gave them five milligrams of that. And then there's a placebo group. So among these three different dosages of CBD and the nitrazepam and the placebo group, subjects receiving the 160 milligrams of CBD reported to have slept significantly more than the others. Mm. So with sleep in general, higher dosages seem to assist in sleep, whereas lower dosages, not so much. You really have to take pretty large amounts to see an improvement. Um, Yeah. And even then, I mean, I guess we can just touch on this now because you and I both tried CBD oil and I I try to take a pretty high dosage myself to see if it helped my sleep at all. So I was taking the recommended dosage on the bottle for seven days straight just consistently. And then on the eighth day, I took a, a mega dose. I did five times the recommended, the recommended amount on the bottle. Oh, wow. Which on this one was, um, eight, 50, so. 50 milligrams. Okay. Yep. Um, and I, I did not feel anything. Like I took it two hours before bed. So I did not feel any different. I did not feel drowsy at all. And according to my aura ring, which tracks my sleep, I did not sleep any, any better. So at 50 milligrams, I didn't feel anything. Um, but yeah, that's anecdotal evidence. Yeah. From what I've heard from people that are are big CBD users, um, you need to take like a hundred plus to notice any effect on sleep. Yeah. And that gets expensive. My, let's see. I actually want to calculate the cost of that dose that I took before bed because the bottle we have is it's a very high quality CBD. Um, it was $75 for a 
bottle that has 30 servings in it. Yeah. So, um, so let me just calculate that real quick. I'm just interested to see how much that serving cost me. So one serving is two and a half dollars. So <laughs> I basically took $12.50 worth of CBD in a single yeah, night. No, thank you. I'll just throw on my blue light blocking glasses. <laughs> yeah. So it's expensive, probably not worth it as a sleep aid. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what the studies show potential improvements. Again, everyone reacts differently to this. So some people may get drowsy and get sleepy from a high dosage, but I think a majority of the people probably won't notice a big difference in their sleep specifically. Mm -hmm. So I think really the big reason people take CBD or the most common is for inflammation and pain management. So, um, what did you find there with the studies? Yeah. Uh, this was interesting. There's a several studies. I mean, this has been studied in rodents for a while, so I won't dig into that. I'll throw some studies in the show notes for those that want to look in terms of human studies. There was a, a systematic review and meta analysis published in 2018 that looked at 18 studies, which I think encompassed 442 adults. And these were larger doses, dosages ranging from 20 MIGs to 800 MIGs. Um, but most of the studies were around 600 milligrams. And some of the studies were CBD only, but most of them were CBD plus THC. And the meta-analysis revealed that the cannabinoids examined in the review may prevent the onset of laboratory-induced pain by increasing pain thresholds. They found that patients had a higher pain threshold, but it did not reduce the intensity of the pain. Interesting. I don't even know. How do you even test that? <laughs> I'm thinking what they did is like some of the some of the studies were looking at pain thresholds and some were, were looking at pain intensity. Mm, okay. Like I'm sure it was multiple studies looking at two different metrics. Okay. But what they found is that the uh, CBD seemed to make uh, laboratory induced pain less unpleasant and more tolerable and increase the pain threshold for people that were taking CBD. And all 18 of the studies that were included here did have a placebo control group. So the ability for the CBD administered group to tolerate pain was statistically significant over the placebo group. And a lot of these were, I believe most of these were double blind. So they didn't know if they were receiving CBD or not. But it was statistically significant that they were able to withstand a higher pain threshold. I, I'm not really sure. That seems like a hard one to test, but that's what that one reported. And then there was, um, there was another review that looked at 24 randomized control trials that totaled about 1300 patients. And again, dosage dosages varied by study, but most of them were higher dosages, like three, four 500 milligrams. And what they were looking at is different types of pain. So cancer pain, chronic non-cancer pain and then post-operative pain and the analysis found moderate to high quality evidence for the efficacy of cbd based medicines for the treatment of chronic pain patients especially for cancer pain now it did make the disclaimer that the studies on cancer pain were scarce and mostly from um, not recent years but those experiencing chronic and non-cancer pain uh, seem to 
to receive a, a big positive effect in terms of pain management with uh, this CBD treatment. Now, what was interesting is that post-operative pain, so you know, pain following a surgery showed an inverse result where not only was there no pain reduction, in some cases, placebo was more effective than the uh, CBD treatment. So, that, uh, so chronic non-cancer. So what is chronic non-cancer pain? That just like, what would that even be? Just like joint pain or yeah, something like you, that? Those that have chronic pain, I, I imagine people with like autoimmune conditions or arthritis would probably fall in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So those people experience improvements, but people who had pain as a result of a surgery, it, they felt right. worse. Interesting. And okay. they found that inhalation of CBD actually showed a more positive effect than like taking orally. So like vaping. Vaping, yeah. And I'm sure they used a special vaporizer. Vaporizer. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like I said, many studies showed that higher dosage, the more effective on pain management. And they did, this was their conclusion. So I take this however you want it. It says, even though this review consisted of some randomized controlled trials that showed a clinically significant improvement with decreases of pain of 30% or 50% or more, the majority of the studies did not show an effect. So I think these big effects were, were shown in a handful of studies. But it, when you put all the data together, it, it shows an overall positive effect. But what they're saying is that was limited to a, a handful of studies. Consequently, although the primary analysis showed that the results were favorable to CBD-based medicines over placebo, the clinical significance of these findings is uncertain. So I don't know. I thought that was interesting. The takeaway from that for me is that do dosage was really important. And the um, it, it depends on the kind of pain I think that you're experiencing. Hmm. Interesting. And then I will, I oh mean, there, there are a lot of studies that I stumbled upon and I kind of went down. And sorry, to go back to that one, that one was just CBD, no THC, correct? Or small amounts of THC. I think this one was actually just, um, no, I take it back. Some of these were half THC. Is it? So it's kind of a mix of both. Some are just CBD, others e study, because it was 24 studies. Yeah. Some are just CBD, some are CBD and THC. Yeah. Okay. Which it makes it hard to narrow anything down to just CBD. Right. And then the last one here, there are several more that I'll, I'll post, but this one looked at three randomized control trials, a double blind, and they looked at the use of Sativex, which is a, um, it's a THC CBD combo medication. It's an oral spray. So they were experimenting on people with malignant diseases in terminal stages. So these are diseases that typically continue to progress uh, until um, until death. So they had a placebo group, a THC only group, and a Sativex group. And there are 60 people in each group. So this was actually a decent, decent sized study. The first group received or the Sativex group received oral spray. Um, this was a 50, 50 balance between THC and CBD. Uh, then there was the THC only spray. And then the third group received a pl placebo spray and they gave these people sprays like twice an hour or something crazy like that. Oh, wow. Like 48 sprays in 24 hours, which I think, yeah, added up to 130 migs of THC and 120 migs of CBD. So pretty decent dosage of both and 43 percent 
in the Sativex group reported a greater than 30% decrease in pain intensity, where the placebo group reported a 21% decrease in pain. So statistically so, significant. So the the group that had CBD and THC, about half of that group reported 30% less pain. Right. And then the placebo group reported 20% less pain? No, the placebo group still reported. It was 21% of the placebo group re also reported a 30% decrease in pain. So okay. the difference was 22%, I gotcha. guess, is what you could account for non-placebo. And so, and and it went how you th you think it would. So, placebo was twenty one percent. Notice a greater than thirty percent decrease in pain. THC group was twenty three percent, meaning twenty three percent of those that only took THC reported a greater than thirty percent decrease in pain. And then Sativex, which was the THC plus CBD, uh, there's forty three percent. Forty three percent notice a greater than thirty percent decrease in pain. So it was kind of surprising that THC only basically did as much as the placebo group it was really that thc cbd combo where they noticed a drastic decrease in pain for most of the people interesting or a good chunk of the okay. people and what they concluded here was the pain relieving effect of cbd and thc comes from the external cannabinoids binding to cannabinoid receptors thereby reducing the endocannabinoids system's response to pain so similar to nsaids and opioids it increases the activity of the endocannabinoid system, but it obviously comes with opioids and NSAIDs obviously come from other harmful effects that CBD and THC do not appear to have. So that's what's so interesting about the cannabis plant is because it can have the same effect as, in some cases, as NSAIDs, but without the harmful effect. So it doesn't seem in terms of like pain management inflammation, there really isn't much evidence to support that CBD alone will help with that most of it early stages are showing that you if the pairing of thc and cbd together is potentially yeah beneficial. that's what it seems like I, again i couldn't really find any good cbd only trials yeah uh, they're pretty limited now there is an ongoing study with 40 patients it's a randomized quadruple blind trial meaning the participant care provider investigator and outcome assessors are all blind they don't know who's taking what. And they're going to experiment with 125 milligrams of oral CBD, CBD only. And that's going to be a two-year study. Mm, okay. So I'm excited about that one. It won't be complete until September of 2022. Mm. Um, well, we'll do a follow-up yeah, episode in two years. <laughs> As new, new information comes out, we can do a follow-up. So yeah. look, and then anecdotally, I've heard of some people who swear by it for chronic pain or for arthritis, joint pain. You know, I've, I've heard of, of clinical success from doctors that have had patients that take CBD. Yeah, now, I don't know if that's CBD plus THC, but um, and then I've noticed others who have noticed no impact at all, despite using higher quality, higher dosage. Yeah, it's re really a mixed bag. And I, yeah, I think it depends on the person taking it, how they respond to it. Yeah. So I can talk about my experience with this. I mean, do, might as well, right? As we're going through each of these, talk about it. Yeah, we notice yeah the impact. go for it. So like Aaron said, we, we got this um, OJI Energetics. I think that's how you say it, OJAI, um, Energetics CBD. Very high quality, extremely bioavailable. I took a dropper. Wait, one dropper full is a serving? Yeah, one dropper is a serving. Okay. Maybe I was taking double dosage every day. 
Well, anyway, the uh, it's about eight megs per serving. Well, I, I think it does say take anywhere from two to eight servings. I think it says take up to eight servings a day. So it's not like you take just one dropper and you're good to go. Like you can take multiple droppers throughout the day. At least this one specifically says you can take up to eight servings. Okay. But but you did two. So you basically did two servings. Yeah, I did two droppers. Once a day. Yeah, once okay. a day at the same time. I didn't notice anything with my sleep, similar to you. But again, I don't know if it's placebo or if it's something else, but my knee has felt the best it's felt in months. Hmm. Interesting. I haven't done anything. Is it only on days that you take it or is it just kind of progressively like it's felt better just progressively since I feel you started? like it hasn't gotten better in months. And then about a week ago, which would have been like a week into taking this, I okay. started to feel better. And I did a big hmm. workout on Friday, a birthday wad. Yeah. And my knee started to hurt during the workout. And then the following morning, I took, I think, four doses of this. And my knee wow. still feels good. Hmm. Interesting. Now I went in, and I went into this kind of a skeptic, thinking this isn't gonna feel like anything. I would compare it yeah. to ibuprofen. That's kind of it feels like it feels like I mean I can still feel it there. It doesn't feel like it's magically cured, but kind of feels like right. I took an ibuprofen. Okay. I have somewhat of a similar experience. So I don't have the knee thing that you have, obviously, but I on three different, so I took it just one dropper every day for just like a week to see if I how I felt. But then, kind of throughout the past two weeks, I waited for instances where I kind of had a flare up, not a flare up, but just like a pain, like a knee pain or elbow pain, just typical pains after a workout. And there are three different cases where something just kind of hurt. Like one day after squatting, my knee was just a little sore. Another day after doing like push-ups, my elbow kind of felt a little weird. Okay. And in these cases, I probably, they weren't severe enough to where I would have taken NSAIDs. Usually I just wait it out and stretch it out, roll it right. out, and it's fine. But I did, I did this, so on three different occasions. And like you, I was very skeptical. Uh, I expected nothing at all, to right. be honest. And I don't know if it's a placebo, but like all, all three times, it, it did seem to feel <laughs> slightly better. Like I would compare it to like taking like two ibuprofen yeah. because you know how like if you have a pain, you know, at least for me, I usually take three or four, knocks it out and that's, that's it. I move on. I'd kind of compare it to taking like two ibuprofen. Like it, it, it helps a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it took the severe pain off. I don't know if it was a placebo or that's not. That's a good way to put it. Like it just felt like the edge got taken off a little bit. I didn't have that kind of yeah. sharp pain and yeah, yeah, I don't know either. I went in as a skeptic. I don't know if it's if it's the CBD. Either way, I can't afford to pay for this constantly, so I'm <laughs> not going to continue to take it. But just yeah, it is not. It's not worth the cost. Like this bottle, we have 30 servings, which you can take multiple servings in a day is seventy five dollars. To get uh, this is a a very high quality CBD, which you would need to take, and which is why we got it. We wanted right. to do it justice, so that's why we got the high high quality one. But yeah. I can't afford to take that. Yeah, no. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of pain management, inflammation, maybe like it could work. If you if you're somebody who takes NSAIDs consistently for maybe you have back pain or knee pain and you are taking NSAIDs consistently for somebody like that, I think it's 100 percent worth giving it a shot right. to see if you can replace that chronic use of an NSAID or ibuprofen. Yeah. Yeah. Like we talked about earlier. 
it's encouraging because it has very low levels of toxicity. It's it's very, I don't even know if it's possible to overdose on this stuff. It, you can take very high dosages and it seems to have little to no negative effects. Most people can tolerate it. Some, they get, like I said, the upset stomach is, is what some have reported, but most pain relievers just wreak havoc on your liver. As we, we talked about in a episode on non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, which is what NSAID stands for. That's what we keep saying. Um, so, I mean, go check out that episode. This could be a good alternative if you're taking those chronically. Um, I think it's, I think it's definitely worth a shot. Yeah. I'm not enough pain where I'm, I'm taking either NSAIDs or need to take a CBD chronically. Um, I'm right. not in that much pain. All right. Well, let's move on to the last two benefits. So I'm going to talk about um, cancer here and how it's helped cancer patients. So it mainly is for assisting with cancer treatment. It's not really, there are some studies on preventing cancer and curing, not curing cancer, but diminishing the size of it. But most of this, the use of CBD within cancer is for helping patients get through cancer treatment. So a lot of people who go through treatment, things like chemotherapy, it results in nausea, vomiting, and the use of CBD. And this one had THC as well. So it's a mix of CBD and THC in low doses seem to help prevent that feeling of nausea and vomiting for patients going through chemotherapy. So interesting potential use for cancer treatment there. And also Patients going through cancer treatment see uh, often lose their appetite, but with CBD, mixing that with THC does stimulate appetite for quite a few okay. people. So in order to prevent the loss of appetite and to prevent the nausea and vomiting, cancer patients seem to have fairly positive effects on using CBD and THC mixed together. Again, it's both of them. I didn't see anything on CBD alone, so it's hard to tell if CBD alone would be beneficial. Yeah. Pain relief as well. Obviously, cancer patients tend to feel quite a bit of pain and are in uncomfortable circumstances fairly often. So this goes back to what we were just talking about. Yeah. You know, pain management. I think one of the studies you mentioned were cancer. Yeah. Cancer patient, uh, cancer pain. Yeah. They, and did that conclude that there was no association of improvement? No, there was improvement with cancer pain. They just said that they were older studies. Okay. Yeah. So again, not super strong evidence there, but potentially can help with pain relief. Yeah. And then in terms of cancer treatment, everything has only been pilot trials and they are either in test tubes or on mice. So nothing too strong. But there is some early evidence showing that it could potentially inhibit the growth of certain types of tumors. Mm. I'm not going to go into any of those studies, but I mean, honestly, I wouldn't count on this being a future cancer treatment, but it's it's out there. They're, they're studying it and early evidence shows that it could potentially help prevent the growth of tumors. But okay. we'll see where that goes. Uh, it doesn't really play a huge role in terms of cancer, but... That's, okay. that's a claimed benefit of it. So we want to cover that. Yeah. And then I think the, the last one we're going to cover that is perhaps the biggest one is stress and anxiety. 
This has been cited for reducing stress, helping people to calm down. And I mean, we know that marijuana does that, but there's, there's thought that CBD could also have a similar effect without that high. So uh, there was, there's one that I found, this was a small study and I think this one was CBD only. Uh, this, they were given 400 milligrams of CBD orally or a placebo. And then they looked at number one, subjective anxiety. So self-reported anxiety. And they found that CBD significantly decreased subjective anxiety and, and increased mental sedation while the placebo did not induce any significant changes. And then they also looked at regional cerebral blood flow shortened as RCBF to see how CBD impacted brain activity. And they found that CBD significantly modulated resting activity. So predominantly in the limbic and paralimbic cortical areas, which are usually involved in uh, anxiety. And they also saw a reduction in amygdala activity and hypothalamus activity, which also play a big part in fear and anxiety. So there was definitely a, a physiological impact that CBD had on these patients beyond just their own self-reported feelings of anxiety. Something was actually happening in the brain. Now, the study was limited. It was a very small sample size, and they did provide the disclaimer that the imaging technique that they used limited the resolution of the smaller parts of the brain they were looking at, and they recommend that newer uh, studies be done with more precise measuring tools. But it was interesting that they did notice an actual physiological change in the brain in the areas that are often associated with stress and anxiety. So then I found another one that was pretty interesting that looked at simulated public speaking for people with social anxiety disorder. This was a double-blind randomized uh, trial with 24 subjects, and they were given 600 milligrams of CBD orally. And basically, these subjects with social anxiety order who took CBD were able to perform similar to those in the healthy control group um, after taking CBD. So basically, their anxiety was brought down to a level similar to those in the healthy control group into a group of people that did not have social anxiety disorder during this simulated uh, public speaking test. Now, they did also look at some physiological measures like blood pressure, heart rate, skin conductance, and they didn't find any significant differences there. So CBD didn't seem to impact those things at all. But I don't know. I thought that one was pretty interesting. Yeah, no, that seems promising. That So 24 of them had this social anxiety disorder, and the group who took the CBD had similar levels of anxiety as the healthy group. Yeah, after yeah, after taking CBD. Wow. Okay. And this was just with CBD only without THC. I believe this was CBD only. Okay. Interesting. But again, that was 600 milligrams. Yeah, that's a very very high dosage. So, I think and there there are a few more, but I think with anxiety, human clinical trials are very promising. Like we say, I feel like with everything, larger clinical studies need to be conducted. Um, but most of the studies out there right now are consistently positive, although they are small in populations. Um, but, and it does seem to be dose dependent. So higher dosages um, need to be used to really impact anxiety. 
But what about you? So, I mean, I don't think you have chronic anxiety, but, you know, everybody gets stressed out throughout the day. Did you notice any difference in anxiety when you took this? Yeah, so I took one dropper full a day and I would time it to the time of day I usually get stressed, (laughs) which is usually late morning because I'll do my morning routine. Then I'll start working around seven, eight. And I start my morning up pretty slow with like emails and doing smaller tasks. And then once I get into my work around nine is when stressful things start to kick in potentially. And there were five instances where I was feeling stressed out, not anxiety. I I don't feel anxiety often. So this was, I would describe it specifically as stress. Five instances where I, I felt stress from just from work specifically. So nothing too um, crazy. And I took the dropper full and it honestly did seem to help a lot. Really? Like I, it, it kind of sounds crazy. I didn't, again, I had very low expectations, but I would definitely say this helped even more than the pain and inflammation. Interesting. Wow. Um, it's not like I felt, I didn't feel any, like I didn't feel like you didn't feel like a high a physical. Like, oh yeah. Like, no, no. I did not feel anything. Like if I had not taken it at all, I wouldn't have noticed if that makes sense. Like I did not feel physically anything different. Just the stress kind of subsided. Okay. So I guess I would compare it again to compare it to something. I think I could get similar effects by doing either a a meditation session or a breathing session. Okay. Yep. So if I were to go out into, you know, nature, out into a quiet room for five, 10 minutes and just do meditation, slow breathing, that kind of calmness you get from that, that's how I would describe it. Right. Um, So, yeah, no, I I actually did, (laughs) again... It might be a placebo, but I I did seem to feel benefits from it. I also had Mariah try it, my wife, and she, uh, I would say she does actually ha- have anxiety um, mm-hmm. more than stress. So mine's more stress. I think she d- she does have more anxiety, and she tried this kind of during more anxious times. Yeah, and she did it on three separate occasions, and two of the times she said she felt noticeable differences. Oh, really? She didn't have that. The fear and the anxiety subsided after about 30 minutes. Wow. So again, she didn't try it very often and she was only doing it when the anxiety kicked in. It's not something she was taking consistently. So it is interesting to see how it affected her um, her versus me. Like mine was more stress. Hers was more anxiety. It It did seem to help both of us. So I am very interested in trying it more with with those situations. Yeah, because I think for somebody who does experience anxiety significantly, it is it would be worth the cost there. So I'm interested to see how it continues to work. Um, yeah. yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I mean it's probably a good alternative, um, or or a good first step maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean you can't undervalue can't put a price on mental health. So, um, it may be worth trying. Yeah. I get stressed in the morning. There's always like, seems like kind of right before I get started, I just, my to-do list piles up and I get stressed out, but 
I don't know. I didn't really, I, I didn't notice anything different. The only time I noticed something different is when I was outside. Cause sometimes I'll take my laptop outside and write some emails early in the morning. And it's typically okay. around the time I would take it. And I would try to stop and like breathe and just, you know, take in the sounds of the morning and the birds right. and the trees. But I think that was being out in nature not the CBD that was relaxing me. Yeah. So okay. I didn't really notice any, any significant difference, but I think, I think, yeah, like you said, I think it's worth a shot for people because some people have noticed positive effects. It's just that like the, the dosages on these studies are so big that it would, it's outrageously expensive to maintain that. Yeah. And it's also hard to know the quality of the CBD that they use in the study because they're, which we'll get into here in a bit, there are many different types and many different qualities, many different potencies, even though you could have two CBDs that both say 100 milligrams of CBD, but one's going to be much more bioavailable and actually have more of an effect on you than the other 100 right. milligram product. So quality matters and it's hard in these studies to know. I mean, they're, they're not all using the same CBD and the same right. quality of CBD. So it just kind of another layer of complexity to to these studies yeah so let's get into like for for people who do want to maybe give it a shot like what do they need to look for what are the what do they need to be aware of so to start off there are three different types of cbd not like oils vapor pills but there's three different subgroups of cbd full spectrum broad spectrum and isolate so that describes the cannabinoids essentially that are within that product. So the full spectrum CBD is basically when they take the hemp plant, they'll take the leaves, the stem, the roots, everything, and extract the cannabinoids from the entire plant. And that includes CBD, that includes small amounts of THC, and among many other cannabinoids as well. So that's full spectrum. They don't they don't do anything. They, they leave all of the cat cannabinoids in there. Then there's another type of CBD called broad spectrum. It's the same process, except they take out that THC. And there's only very small amounts of THC in, in the hemp plant. So generally it's... So even in the full uh, spectrum, you're still going to get only trace amounts. Right. So full spectrum CBD, you're going to get about 0.3%. THC. Well, and that's the uh, that's the legal limit, right? Yeah, yeah. So any more than that, any more than 03 percent THC, basically you can't you can't sell it in many states. Um, so broad spectrum has zero THC; they completely remove it. And then there's isolate CBD, which is only CBD. So there's no other cannabinoids in it. They extract just just the CBD. Yeah, I probably should have mentioned that these cannabis plants has several cannabinoids. These are just the two CBD and THC are just the two big ones that we talk about. Right. And the most researched ones. Yeah. So of the three, I would definitely recommend full spectrum given all the studies that we looked at had more beneficial effects when THC was paired with CBD and not that 0.3% is really going to make much of a difference, but it's best to have it in there than not at all. So if you're looking for a type, make sure it says full spectrum CBD. Yep. 
as we know with supplements, there's so many different qualities out there. There's so much garbage out there. How can you distinguish what's a good brand and what's a bad brand? Yeah, it's it's definitely tough in CBD because there's there's no regulation here. The FDE does not regulate this. So it's really hard to know what exactly is in the product that you buy. So you really have to fully rely on that company being honest and transparent because they can put whatever they want on the label within within reason. They can't blatantly lie, but they can be very, very deceptive. So in order to prevent that deception, there's a few things you can look for that indicates that the company is honest with their portions, with, with the ingredients. Um, a few of those things to look out for is one, uh, just make sure it's USDA organic. That's just a kind of a good rule of thumb for any supplement that you take. But the second thing would be to look at the main ingredients and the main ingredient should be a type of hemp. So it's either going to be just hemp alone or hemp oil or hemp extract. If it says hemp seed oil, that is not the same thing as hemp, hemp oil or hemp extract. Hemp seed oil is only the oil from just the seed. And as we mentioned with the full spectrum CBD, they're taking the entire plant, the leaves, the stem, the roots, and extracting cannabinoids from that. So hemp seed oil is only taking oil from the seed. So it does not have high amounts of CBD in it at all. Yeah, it has very, very little CBD. And we, when we were doing some research, we, we, we got down this rabbit hole on Amazon, like trying to figure out how are these people selling these mega doses of hemp oil? Yeah, because they had products on there that said USDA organic. The main ingredient was hemp oil or hemp extract, not hemp seed, hemp oil. So it's like, okay, it the main ingredient is correct. It's it's organic. It's full spectrum. Like, why is this ten dollar bottle of for CBD like a, for like a million you know? milligrams of hemp? Right. So we we did a little digging on on the Amazon products, and it turns out that Amazon is prohibited from selling CBD. They are. It's within their legal terms that they cannot sell it. There's an article on the Washington Post. In the article, it says it's called Amazon prohibits CBD sales, but it's still easy to buy on the site is what the article is called. And it says one place it shouldn't be found referring to CBD is Amazon. The e-commerce giant's policy expressly bars the sales of CBD in any product. Listings for products containing CBD are prohibited. So it's within their terms that they can't sell it. But you see on their website, all of this, if you search CBD oil, you get a bunch of search results. So or hemp oil, but you'll notice none of them say CBD. Yes. At all. So let me pull up my bottle here. Yeah. So my bottle compared to an Amazon bottle of CBD on the front, my bottle says full spectrum hemp elixir. I look at the ingredients. It says hemp oil. And then below that, it says CBD 8.3 milligrams. And it also says so it's hemp oil flower and seed yes it so yes you know it it's says not the oil extracted and then it says correct. below that cbd in the milligrams correct now let me pull up i'm going to pull up amazon's bestseller uh cbd oil and we can Which compare is more, it like 10 9.99 for like yeah so their bestseller is hemp king um 9.99 for the same bottle that I have, same size, which is 
30, one ounce, a one ounce bottle for 10 bucks versus ours, which we paid 75. So it's very hard to tell the difference because it looks the same. It says hemp oil, uh, ultra premium, 240,000 milligrams of hemp extract. They use the word hemp extract indicating it's not hemp seed. They say hemp extract. Now, if you go into the ingredients, even the ingredients say hemp oil extract, 800 milligrams. But what it does not say on there is CBD. It also does not say it comes from the flower and the seed. It only says CBD oil extract. They're very vague. They don't go into detail on what what that is exactly because what that is is hemp seed oil. Yeah. There's n- there's minimal CBD in this product, and that applies to every product on Amazon. Yeah, if you go through every hemp product that is basically like making the claims of CBD, which that's what it is. They're trying to pass it off as this is CBD. You know, reduce right. inflammation. I mean, all the claims that we just went through, it's not it doesn't yep. have CBD in it. No. <laughs> they they do mention hemp seed oil within some of their language, which is um, telling they, they're not, they're not, uh, consistent with what they use as their product. Sometimes they say hemp oil. Sometimes they use hemp extract. Other times they say hemp seed oil. Yeah. So, well, and I guess, I mean, they're not claiming that it's CBD, I guess, but anybody looking at right. this would think it's the same thing and it's not at all. I mean, it's, yeah, it's just not the yeah. same thing. So if you're looking for CBD, do not, under any circumstance, buy it on Amazon. It is not CBD. It is oil from the hemp seed itself, not from the whole hemp plant, which has some CBD in it, but very, very small amounts. Yeah. Well, and then they, they like can mix it with other things too to dilute it. And I don't know. I mean, I, I haven't done research on hemp specifically, but the main benefit that we are aware of of the hemp plant is CBD and that's not present here. So um, it's deceiving unless you actually know what you're looking for. Or even if you do know what you are looking for, it can be deceiving. They don't distinguish, like Aaron said, between full spectrum hemp oil and hemp seed oil. So, yeah. And also a little tidbit for you for anything you buy on Amazon. I've gotten a few packages this week that within the package has a little uh, basically it looks like an Amazon gift card. One was for $5. Another was for $15. Then you flip it over and it, it's from the company who made the product. And they say, if you give us, basically, if you give us a five-star review, we will activate this gift card. <laughs> so they're just paying. So they're literally just buying five-star reviews. Yeah. That's how this hemp oil I, hat, it's like 10 bucks. It has thousands. Of- I, I guarantee if we were, to, I, I wish we bought it just to see if they had that little card in it to see if they're paying for these reviews. Yeah. It's Amazon um, has a problem with that. A lot of five. Yeah. So reviews. be cautious of your Amazon purchases. Don't trust, the, don't t- trust the reviews, unfortunately. Um, cause companies can easily pay for those. So our first two points here, back to what to look for in a CBD product. Our first two points were look for organic and look for hemp oil, not hemp seed oil. Those things you should look for, but the Amazon products both say those same exact things. So that, that alone will not help you. The key thing to look for is, is this product third-party tested in any high quality oil 
um, or CBD product will have a website and will say that they're third-party tested. And if they're very good, in which you should look for this specifically, they will actually give you the third-party tested report of that product. So for ours, this OGI Energetics, I can go to the website. I can go to the lot number of the, the like the batch number of the production of the the test, like the testing batch. Yeah, the testing batch. I can look up the number of my product and see what this third-party lab tested, the contents of everything in it, all um, uh, percentages of amounts of each cannabinoid. So it'll say, see, that's, and it gives, yeah, that's how you can determine if there's actually CBD in it, right? Right. You can see if there's CBD. You can see if there's THC. You can just see the overall quality of the product. So key point here. Make sure your CBD um, supplier is third-party tested, and go. That's really that's really the takeaway here. Yeah, because they can lie about everything else, but they're not gonna. I guess they could lie about a third-party tested report, but you can find that report, look up that company, see if they're actually a lab, and pretty quickly validate whether they're legitimate. Yeah, there was one. <laughs> I think we found it um, reading up on Amazon for one of the hemp products. And if you go to the company website, I think it claims to be, I forget where they claim to be from. No, I think, I don't think it even has a website, but the label on the product has a, an address to oh, some place yeah. in California. There's like an address of, of their company's location and somebody like looked it up on Google maps and the address wasn't even like, a, it wasn't even a real yeah, address. it doesn't exist. <laughs> It was completely made up. So, and that's so, being sold on Amazon and somebody's making a killing on it. Yeah. And it's probably just some person who know making who knows what out of their kitchen and just selling this stuff on Amazon. Yep. And this applies, making sure it's third party tested. This applies to supplements too, because most supplements, vitamins are not um, FDA regulated. So same thing applies to them. Make sure they're third party tested. Yeah. So yeah, and then look obviously to see if it actually has CBD in it. I don't know if we mentioned that, but that's like the main thing you want to look for is does it actually have CBD? If they're not claiming to, then they probably don't. And we'll probably list a few. We'll list this uh, OGI Energetics in our show notes. So if you do want to try CBD, this is one we can vouch for. They have their third-party testing on their website. You can trust them. It, it is expensive though, so um, be willing to to pay a little bit for it. But if you are going to give CBD a shot, OGI Energetics is, is one brand to try. This is not an ad for them, by the way, um, but there are other companies as well. We can list a few of them in the show notes to give you guys some options on what to look, look yeah. at. I hope you all found this informative. I know this was another long one, but um, give it a shot. I hope it works for you. 